Hey everybody, welcome to the Zero's Journey, a serious attempt to create a canon-worthy work of original fiction from scratch. I'm Mike Magyar. I'm James Quesada. And uh, this is the start of my uh, episode three, um, which is the third part of me telling James all about my original uh, mythology, um, that he has just been so just wrapped into just just really engaged and supportive about and just I, really I think the word you're looking for is confused. N- no, I think I think I think you're betraying your your eyes cuz your eyes tell me that you're just absolutely uh enraptured trying to figure out what's going on and why. You're so on board uh and hanging on to every word that uh you are just confused. Considering whether to bail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. And so, and yeah. this is episode six. I don't this know how useful six. it is to actually keep track of that, but just so, because it's your third episode, but since we're going every other, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're at episode uh, three for you, but six total. Correct. Um, so, uh, do you remember where we were when we oh, left off? Boy. Okay. Yeah. Let me see if Go I can ahead. wrap it up in a nutshell here. Um, so, we, in our last episode with Mike, we uh, decided we were going to follow Pyro, one of the two um, beings created by the uh, composer, the, the first being in the universe. Um, and we have Pyro and Hy- Hydro, Heidi. And so we went we went and followed Pyro to uh, his world, mm-hmm. which became the Crab Nebula. And he took yeah. some dust it and was, smushed yeah. it together into a planet. Mm-hmm. And he made these uh, beings called the Mortarians. Mm-hmm. Which are these um, chaotic people, uh, and they war with each other, and um, eventually Pyro is like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> echoing the the, the um, thoughts of the audience. Mm-hmm. And so Pyro runs back home and builds a, a Gibson Flying V. Guitar. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Brings it back to the Mortarians and is like, look at this, guys. Isn't this inspiring? And then he plays a sweet riff, which destroys tens of thousands of Mortarians who freak out. They they mosh yeah. in response to the dark, sweet metal music yep. that Pyro plays with this uh, flying V guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pyro's like, guess what? <laughs> Change of plans, everybody. <laughs> We're going to have a planet-wide audition. Yeah. There's no funeral for the for the masses that died in the mosh pit. They just jump right to the um, to the audition yeah. process. I mean, there were, but like I didn't want to get bogged down in the details. Gotcha. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of Mortarians <laughs> audition on this guitar, yeah. and Pyro doesn't like what any of them are bringing to the table. So he's about to uh, call it a night and just take the guitar home for himself. Yeah. Then Lady. Fire breath. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I thought that was attention. a stab in the dark. So Lady Firebreath, uh, the only absent Mortarian, finally shows up um, and is like, I'll take a whack at it. And uh, Pyro is like, what is he going to do? He's going to walk away, but the, 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 the guitar starts glowing. Yeah. And where we left off is that Lady Firebreath starts rocking out on this guitar. Um, and according to Mike this uh, jam sesh mm-hmm. lasts for 1,400 years. Yes. Uh, yes. 
And then you made a lot of promises at the end about a fight and how you were going to like switch gears and take a look at Heidi's side of the story. But also, you know, you were going to have a battle between uh, Fire Breath and Pyro and... Yeah. Then somehow at the end you were gonna wrap it all up by the yeah, fourth yeah. episode. Let's not let's not get let's not let's not get <laughs> bogged down on what I uh, may or may not have said. I think uh, the the one thing was that uh, uh, Pyro himself never played the guitar. The, all those people died when she played the guitar. No, no, that's not true. Well, okay. <laughs> what it is now? Or, <laughs> I do have a note for myself here on this page that says uh, retcon Mortarian age from 150 to 200 years to uh, unknown. What? So it lasted 150 to 200 years. No, no, years. no. Retcon, meaning that I, I previously said that uh, uh, they lived anywhere between 150 and 200 years, but uh, uh, a year is subjective, right? It depends sure. on how long it takes a planet to go around the sun. Yeah. And we don't know how long it takes the planet to go around the sun. So you're now saying that we don't know how long they live? Yes. <laughs> Great. Good correction. That's but the only <laughs> thing. That's the only thing that needed corrected. It was the only <laughs> thing that I... I will admit to having uh, uh, been short-sighted on. Everything else, I stand by. Okay. Well, I'm letting you know that Pyro plays the guitar, mm -hmm. and it melts everyone's faces, mm -hmm. and then Firebreath shows up later mm -hmm. uh, and, and rocks out for 1,400 years. People have already died by that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So people, uh, people died, uh, and then she plays for 1,400 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Uh, Obviously, once she starts playing, uh, he, Pyro does not, uh, he's not a fan of this because um, he he felt like it was a challenge to his authority, right? Mm -hmm. And so once, once she plays it uh, and everybody's super, super into it, uh, he's like, I'm not going to give it to you. I know that this was the rules. Uh, of the audition, uh, but I feel like like this is giving this is giving a baby a loaded gun, and I do not want. I, I'm going to go back on my word. And I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> okay, so it, we you said now that we don't know how long the Mortarians live. Yeah, but is it still relevant that that she was playing the guitar for 1,400 years? Or do we not? We don't know how exactly how long that is. It's just a unit of measurement. It's now. a unit of measurement. Now. It's long ass time. And yeah. by the end of it, Pyro says, no deal. You don't get it. Yeah. And, all right. Fine. What? You seem angry. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 it, it makes sense. He's, he's, uh, he's threatened or jealous or whatever. Uh, yeah. She's rocking out for 1,400 years. <laughs> yeah. And in the biggest blue ball uh, ever, uh, <laughs> at the end of it, this is like uh, good, but no cigar. Right. Well, yeah, because the, he didn't, he, he, he felt like it was going to be a problem. And he's sitting there for 1400 years thinking that. Yeah. But it could have been, it could have been a quick 1400 <laughs> years. You know what I mean? You don't know. You don't know how fast or how slow they process emotions. Okay. So, um, uh, obviously, uh, when he, he said like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the thing that I said that I did. Uh, people were pissed. Yeah. Uh, so be, Two kind of distinct uh, factions formed. One faction uh, said that basically um, one faction supported Pyro and the other one supported uh, Lady Firebreath. And basically the, the people that supported Pyro were like, were like, yeah, well, he made us and he made the guitar and he made Lady Firebreath. So like he should be able to do it. If he doesn't want to give it to people, then like he doesn't have to. 
Uh, and then the other people were like, Mike, is there about to be a civil war? <laughs> because if, if, if you remember from our last episode slash my episode, third episode of Game of Thrones history, there are two factions in the Targaryen families <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it was to not say anything during that recording? Uh, now I got to bring my notes back out just to make sure I know how how much or how little you're directly pulling from this thing. How could I be? I wrote this before. This is handwritten. I wrote it before we we did your last episode. Yep, it's hard to change something that's handwritten. I guess. <laughs> did you? You know what? No, I, I, this is important. Did you see me write while you were doing the episode? No. I, <laughs> and yeah, I. <laughs> I guess I'm really implying. Oh, that are, you, are you trying to tell me that like George R. R. Martin's the only person that could foresee a civil war between two different sides? Come on. It, it sounds uh, suspect. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So anyway, uh, the argument, like I said, basically took two sides. The one supporting uh, Pyro felt that since he, uh, uh, he had the right to do, you know, what he pleased because he was still their God and created everyone and everything and the guitar itself. So basically, um, his supporters uh, were going to be his supporters for forever, and they started just kind of wearing uh, red, and they adopted fiery eyes in his honor. They adopted? Yeah, they just like changed their eyes to look like fire. Which is something that they can do. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so then we had the side supporting uh, Lady Firebreath. They felt differently. Uh, they didn't care that, that Pyro made... Uh, you know, the world and her and, and the acts, they, they basically um, believed that they witnessed a connection between Lady Firebreath and the guitar that was more than just the, the sum of its parts. They felt like that uh, uh, it was something that the composer had wanted. And they were aware of the this like third composer type being, but, but it wasn't really, it was kind of like a story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they felt like there was something more. Uh, than they what they were physically witnessing. So they were like, no, no, she she has it. She has a connection to it. She should get it. You said she would get it, so just give it to her. So I, this is interesting. So you just pointed out that the Mortyrians have never had direct experience with the composer. So you're saying that right. they they may have been told by Pyro that she exists, mm -hmm. um, but they but they some of them doubt it. Yeah, some of them some of them doubt it. Uh, Mike, I got to uh, say that's that's a great thing. I think that <laughs> I'm going to pay you a compliment. That's I think that the farther here, yeah, for oh, the shit. farther removed from uh, direct contact with you know deities that people uh, get, the more likely it is that they stop believing. I think that's a cool element to have in the story. I hope to see more of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, yeah. So the people that that the they supported uh, Lady Firebreath uh, was basically like a rebellion, right? And one day they were like, well, what's the point of organizing a re rebellion if you don't actually do something about it? So they, they put together a plan. They're going to steal the Thunder Axe from Pyro. Don't lean over here and try to try to read ahead of what I'm going. I'm just checking out some of your color coding. 
Because now, now you got like yeah. certain keywords are written in orange, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them are boxed in. It, wait a minute, this is the so the composer is the only word in this page written in green. Yeah, she's always marker. Green. Mm-hmm. And every time you write the <laughs> the composer's name, you pull out a green marker. Yeah, so I mean, I could we could talk about it now. The reason that some of the words are boxed in in colors and some of them are written in colors is because I wrote the word before realizing I had to switch pens, so I would just go back and color it to to keep it together. Mm-hmm. So the, it, it, the word thunder axe is written in orange. The word pyro is boxed in orange, but they're both orange. Got it. It's just that I forgot to switch the pen colors before I wrote pyro. You went back through and made sure that you highlighted them somehow. Yeah. Okay. Cool stuff, man. Okay. So um, they they were going to steal the, the thunder axe, and they would just they would just their plan was to just kind of sneak into the palace and take it because. Um, they figured that Pyro wouldn't think to watch out for something like this since since he was he didn't ever consider the fact that that some of his own creations would turn against him, right? Mm-hmm. So because hubris, right? People that that rule stuff tend to tend to think themselves invincible. It's a pretty human quality for Pyro to have, considering he's the second one of the second beings to ever be created. But you think you think a god thinking they're indestructible is a human quality? At hubris specifically is something that that humans possess be, and more often than not it's thinking that they're as great as the gods so it's kind of like there's only one degree of separation between pyro and the original being so i think it's fair for him to have hubris to the point where it kind of nullifies the word is what i'm saying <laughs> so the most amount of hubris yeah man okay cool <laughs> um so 200 years after the uh, um, audition, uh, the rebels put their plan into motion. And they basically, uh, they, they snuck into the castle and they stole the guitar. Um, and because, because he, he didn't think that anything could happen, he didn't notice until after the guitar was gone, right? So like they snuck in, stole it, and then he was like, oh shit, now I'm pissed. Because now the thing's missing. Um. And he was so pissed, he basically told all of his supporters, he was like, every single Mortarian that acted against me would suffer for all eternity, including Lady Firebreath, especially her. He kind of wanted to make an example of her, which I thought was like a little bit unfair because she didn't really do anything other than like play the guitar really well. So, but he had to take his rage out on, on, on someone, right? Um, uh, so he went to, uh, to to basically he marched to her face to face but by this point she already had the guitar and the guitar made her really powerful right and when you say he marched to her mm-hmm. he he's got an army now yeah and he marched to wherever she is yeah yeah he went to wherever she was but 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 also he didn't like go there with the intent of like he didn't bring he brought his army, but he didn't like attack because he was like he marched what, there. Yeah, but he was like, what is she going to do? Like, I don't need a whole army to take her down. I'll just go over there, snap my fingers and then I'll, it'll all be over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he didn't think he needed. It was just moral support. Moral support. Exactly. He was just like, <laughs> I need people to to talk to on this. Yeah, long these, ride. these guys believe in me. I might as well have them around while I'm confronting my aggressor yeah he wanted an audience for for when he took her down yeah um but but like i said she was really powerful with the guitar so like this ended up turning into a a battle because he he was like well i can't i can't just snap my finger and and make it all go away 
because her and this guitar is just like devastating everything. So they ended up fighting for uh, over 2,000 years. All right. Okay. Remember, it's just a unit of time, so it doesn't really, we don't really know how yep, long so it doesn't really mean anything at all. It's it just was longer unit. than she played guitar. It's, That's what we know. Yeah, it's all relative. Time is relative, James. Okay. So anyway, this, this war basically like, and I wrote this ravaged the already shitty planet. Cause like, if you remember from my description of it, it wasn't a good place to, to, it wasn't like a fun place to, to be anyway. Morteria. Yeah. Morteria. Yeah. But it just made it worse. Okay. Um, so after 2000 years, he was like, wow, man, I'm just not making any, I'm not making any progress here. This seems very futile. So he was like, you know what? I give up. I tried doing this experiment the first time. I tried making you guys. This obviously blew up in my face when I introduced the guitar mm-hmm. and and created basically my own uh, uh, metal band. <laughs> yeah, more than, but, but created his own uh, concept an- album. C- created his own uh, mortal enemy. Oh, okay. Discography. Yeah. His hubris <laughs> made, essentially made, gave him a challenger. So, he was like, I, this this isn't working. I might as well just like forget about it and just just I'm gonna use what I can do and just like destroy everything mm-hmm. uh, and to just start over because I can't I can't. This is meaningless. It's like breaking the rules of a board game and then playing a different game altogether. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you understand? Yeah, good analogy. Okay, so he can I ask a quick side mm-hmm. question? I'm sure this doesn't matter too much but when you say that the guitar made uh lady fire breath uh very powerful uh do we know in what way are no they, are they I like mean, i mean when they, if they're marching at each other uh do we it, it doesn't really matter they're they might be like fist fighting or Ax, sure, axes sure they swords. have axes and but whatever power general power mm-hmm. it, it's some kind of strength it's not like she you didn't have like laser beam eyes in mind. No, okay. and if you recall at the very first episode when I started talking about this, this is myth, right? So this is stories. So like some of the details have been kind of like lost, but, but I just want to make sure that's one of the lost details. It is one of the lost details for sure. Um and and really the the I think that the underlying point here is that the people that were supporting her that thought that her connection to the guitar was something from the composer, mm-hmm. um they weren't necessarily wrong. Right, like we don't know if they were right or wrong, but clearly that that has something to do with, with her not being able to be defeated by Pyro. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once he basically decided to 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 start to start over, I'm sorry, have they fought yet? Am I? What am I missing here? Yeah, they fought for two thousand years. Oh, I said right. after okay. two thousand years of battle. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so they, I forgot they they've been fight, They went to war for two thousand years, and she can't be defeated. And now people are like, oh, that's right, because she's so powerful because of the guitar, and that's the proof. composer. Yeah, that's, okay. that's right. yeah, proof I'm, that, I'm that, back up to speed. Cool. Um, so basically, he was like, "All right, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm not gonna uh, play by the rules anymore. I'm just gonna go back to my castle, and I'm just gonna blow this whole thing up and and start over. Because uh, clearly, this experiment has gone. Sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he went back to the castle, um, and he summoned all the power he had from his castle. Was kind of like a conduit. You know what I mean? It was like like focus like he used it to focus his powers and he blew up the whole planet Mm -hmm. okay and the legend says that he started 
the whole thing somewhere different again. Uh, and he's still like kind of working on it, but people don't really know what happened, right? Like it, we, all we know is that it blew up. Uh, or all people think they know is that it blew up. Uh, and if he did start this whole thing somewhere else, nobody really knows where. Uh, the story kind of kind of fizzles out at that point. It was just like it was just like it was this battle culminated with the whole all of Morteria just being blown to smithereens. Wow, that's big, big move. Uh, Sounds like Valyria. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it, do they call it the Morterian Doom? No, it's it, it just it's just called the planet blowing up. Okay. And that's pretty much the end of that side of the myth. Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna go back because uh, we we don't know what Heidi's been doing this whole, this whole time, right? Correct. So that was just one 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 branch. Okay. So we're leaving Pyro. We're leaving the world of Pyro on an exploded planet. Yeah, he's either doing it somewhere else, or he died, or you know. But we don't know because this is the stuff of myths. This is myths. Yeah, folklore, folklore. All right, so going back to Did you just, I mean, it feels like a bailout move. You're like, fuck this, and you're like, planet explodes. Let's just move on to something else. It's a kill switch. No, I didn't. I it, I didn't know that was no. the, that was the natural conclusion that you intended to come to. Yeah, because because to me, in my mind, Pyro was always just like a kid. So like when when he decided to throw a tantrum, it would be like an epic tantrum. Oh, and it was the, just like tip, like flipping the the game board. Gotcha. All the pieces go. I flying. see. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. It's a moral. That's what myths, that's what good myths do, James. Mm-hmm. They teach us a moral. Yep, with a good old dead end. Good old, whatever, moving on. Um, so if you remember the last time we, we checked in with Heidi, uh, it was right before her in Pyro. She went to the Milky Way, he went to the Crab Nebula, and then we don't, we don't, we're picking up right then. So mm-hmm. she's in the Milky Way. And the Milky Way was like the opposite of the Crab Nebula. It was all like, ooey and gooey and peaceful and like calm and serene and she really liked it she was like this is this is a cool this is a cool place um and she uh found she didn't make a planet she found one that was already there and she set up set up shop there because she she didn't want to disturb it you know what i mean she wanted to like it's like when you go camping and you leave the campsite like you found it you 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 don't build another fire pit if there's mm-hmm. one that you already you can use you know what i mean minimal impact yeah She's an environmentalist. Um, and she uh, basically wanted this planet to... She visualized a place where there was nothing but, like, harmony and peace and, like, balance, right? So... Somewhere in the Milky Way. On this planet that she found, that she called Terra. Uh-huh. What? What? what that, that uh-huh had a lot of... It had a lot attached to it. We, we don't know if it's in a particular solar system. No. Okay. It's just a planet called Terra in the Milky Way. Great. But do you need an address? No. Yes. <laughs> I need a forwarding address okay. at the, or a P.O. box at the very least. All right. Well, I'll, get it. I'll get that to you after the show. Uh, write um, some fan mail to Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Terra, Terra is basically like it's got the same kind of dynamics as, as Earth. <laughs> yeah. I thought it sounded like it might be <laughs> hearkening to a familiar world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's oceans, trees, mountains. Uh, I actually wrote. You guys are familiar with the the whole concept. Mm-hmm. Why reinvent the wheel? Um, she, like Pyro, she also had aspirations to like like do a project and create create like a race of of new creatures. But um, she, her goal wasn't wasn't to just like find this horn. She wanted to kind of like 
like create a, a utopic society. You know what I mean? We're like, everybody just got along. Um, mm-hmm. Your eyebrows are so raised right now that they might go through the ceiling. I was honestly biting my tongue to correct utopian from utopic. Utopic? Utopic? Utopian. Is utopic not a word? Could be. Okay. Utopian. I raised my eyebrows instead of commenting, and now we're, now we're dwelling on now it. Now we're talking about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, she... The, the, her so like pyro was putting together an army to go search for the horn right her idea was like i don't necessarily want to go looking for the horn if i can prove to them that i i can create a utopian society on terra then the the composer and pyro will come to the conclusion that like this is we don't need to settle this debate we could just see what this is what's going on and then they'll just give her the horn and like be like, okay, you can make, you can, oh, you obviously okay. proved that on a small scale. You can change the universe to however you want it. Cause like the her, carrot, she doesn't care about the carrot. Right. But so her reward for proving that she doesn't need the horn is the horn. Yeah. Which was, was just basically a way to like change the whole universe in a way that she, she would want to, that she would see fit. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate power. It's just like it happens to be a horn. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, uh, so, so yeah. Basically, they would they would both be like, "Wow, you did a really good job." Uh, the universe should be more like what you what you think it should be. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> did you did you just flip no. by a whole page real fast? No, this is Pyro and the Crab Nebula. We already went through oh, the storyline. Okay. <laughs> this is why I'm telling the way I arranged these in the binder is very confusing. I thought you were like, uh, <laughs> I can sum this page up in three words. Okay. Oh, you thought I had written an entire page that I... And then you just skipped it. And yeah. then I skipped it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, so she she was walking around Terra and found this kind of like pool of like bubbling sulfur mm-hmm. uh, and like just pre- primordial goop, right? And uh, she just kind of blew her breath into it mm-hmm. and like basically that kick-started uh life um she blew some bubbles in a pool yeah kind of like like a straw in a milkshake she blew into this pool and it like changed it mm-hmm. like the spark of life beautiful right yeah thank you um and she was really excited about this. She thought that, you know, like the the whole positivity thing and like the whole nonviolent start to life would would end up being like a really cool uh, way to to not focus on destruction and like conquering, but just like like just kind of gently nudge nudge things along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big thing is like she didn't start by just creating these like Mortarian type of figures she just kind of like did this little blowing in the in the pool and she was like well we'll see what happens um she's the opposite the opposite of pyro yeah pyro just angry rageful chaotic guy yep heidi nurturing patient yeah uh, motherly yeah woman yeah you're getting it (laughs) you're really you're really coming to terms with this (laughs) i i'm suspicious about your support um so as as time passed, you know, Terra started changing, and and basically at this point we could just kind of adopt the theory of evolution right in, right? Like it started with this puddle, and then like you can you can go you know the scientific cellular route, whatever, however you want. But like at some point, time time passed, and like um, different creatures and and 
uh, uh, I guess just creatures would mm-hmm. be fine. Kind of it spread throughout the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the more like variety and the more these creatures changed and like, in, like lived together, the more she just like loved the place. She was like, this is what I'm talking about. You guys, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I'm doing. I'm not doing really anything on my own. It's just like, it's really, she just like kind of fell in love with the place over and over again. All right. Let me ask you. Yeah. What were Heidi's qualities again? She's got, we know that she has the power to raise the dead and the breath of life. Mm-hmm. And oh, breath of life. That's good. Did you just, did no, you no, just, no, no. I did meant you that. just I meant, put no, together no. in your own head uh-uh. that she blew bubbles into this pool? No. And that that might be the breath of life that no. you forgot that you gave her? No, no, no. <laughs> My my genius is so. Uh, <laughs> it looked it looked like that's what happened. No, 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 no. <laughs> a, a realization came over you just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, I feel like I don't even need to ask this question anymore, <laughs> based on that. But Why don't you go ahead and ask it anyway. <laughs> so we got wh- what was what was Heidi's first quality again? She's caring, calmness, calmness, calmness order, and obedience. Okay, so that that makes sense. But then also impulsiveness. I know, yeah. So that's what I want to ask about is that um, I don't recall for Pyro Mm -hmm. that his one offset quality of patience Mm -hmm. really uh, got got in his way. It never really became a factor. It did. I mean, he fought for 2,000 years. That's not patient. He's fighting. Well, he could have blown it up at the start. I mean, if anything, he waited 1,400 years for uh, Fire Breath to finish her guitar solo, which I guess is kind of (laughs) like... That's patience and understanding. He let her rock out too long while he just kind of furrowed his brow and said, this is going to be trouble. Yeah. Impulsiveness on Heidi's side. Mm -hmm. So far, she sounds like a very patient person. Can you just let... An artist work. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, the more she loved the place, the more like her magic changed it, right? So like the more things grew and and, and kind of uh, evolved differently. Um, tens of thousands of years passed. And with every year, she became more and more connected to the world, okay? Mm-hmm. And with every year, the more she became connected to the world, the less she cared about the horn of balance and like the whole thing. She was just like, whatever, I'm really content with what's happening here and i'm really falling in love with it um Mm -hmm. we'll let whatever's happening over there happen over there okay Mm -hmm. so eventually she forgot all about the horn altogether i mean because like it's been a really long time and eons after that first breath of life got breathed into the pool of sulfur where, where does it say that? Point down on the page where it says that. One I, day, I mean, eons after the, she first breathes into I the I believe puddle. you. I'm just saying it's not highlighted in any of the fancy green colors that, that denote a, you know, I don't a have a separate back. color for... <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, color, the, the color coordination uh, is just callbacks. There's different categories of callbacks. I mean, you got Terra there. There's nouns. Green is nouns? No, green is like... Uh, you know the composer, like things, things that are calming. Dude, I only have a very limited amount of pen colors. Okay. All right. Um. All right. So, eons after she breathed uh, the breath of life into the pool of sulfur, um, she was the most interconnected with the world, right? And at that point, this is where the impulsiveness comes in. She's like, she's like, I, I, I'm so into this. <laughs> and this is this is going so well 
then I'm going to take it one step further. I'm not going to wait until like <laughs> to see how this turns out. I'm going to. Yeah. Not, it's not going to get blown up. Okay. Is that where you're going? You think, <laughs> no, you think no, it's going to blow no, it up? No, go ahead. What kind of a hack do you think I am? I would blow up two planets in one story. So then she blows up the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally messing with it. And she doesn't blow it. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you tease. Yeah. So she, she, she's like, okay, cool. I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do one last big thing. And, and she, she, her idea was she's going to cease her like separate existence from this planet and just like become one with the planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so she went to a place she had called home, which were, was known as the forgotten Hills. And uh, into her hut because she lived in a hut. She was a simple person. All right. And then she spent the next year kind of channeling out all of her energy because, like, the the hut was kind of like Pyro's castle, where like she it was like her focus for for all of her like a dojo. All right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she the Forgotten Hills. Yeah, the hut in the Forgotten Hills. That, all right, but that's the first we're hearing of the Forgotten Hills, right? Yeah, because it's the first. This is our first foray into Terra. I okay. Okay, so she goes in there, spends a year trying, like basically channeling all of her power, and then like a bright light engulfed the entire planet, and she was just gone. <laughs> it exploded. It didn't explode. She was gone. The planet still existed. Oh, okay. Right. So she kind of got absorbed uh, into the world, and like her powers kind of became one with like there was really no definition now between her and 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 Terra. She was just like oh. it was part of it. Okay. So, so this is what she was doing. Yeah. When she said that she's going to do one last thing. Yes. Okay. Did I not say that? You did. I just I, oh, okay. I didn't I didn't put it together that that that, that I thought she uh, her disappearing <laughs> might be a random occurrence. How but dare you? <laughs> All right. I'm honestly I'm not even I'm considering not even finishing the story because I don't think you're worthy of it. It sounds like you're it. considering not finishing it. <laughs> you've already <laughs> blown up a planet. Um, and you know, now this other being has disappeared. She, did, she didn't. She disappeared, <laughs> but she's like still around. She's just like everywhere. You know what I mean? So yeah. she's part of the, the world. Uh-huh. Um, so she and the planet became one. Okay. So now um, we have this kind of energy distribution all around mm -hmm. that she used to be in. There's different creatures, different parts of the planet. Some of these creatures are like more in tune to our energy. Some are not. Some are more powerful. Some are not. Kind of like, you know, your run of the mill uh, food chain doused with like a little bit of magic. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also like a few places around the planet that, that have like a higher concentration of this energy. But like the distribution's kind of random. Like there's really no, you know, it's like, in my mind, it's like, like if she went to a, the shores of one lake one time and she had like a really good thinking session, then like that place would be stronger with her uh, essence than just like some random rock somewhere that she'd like never interacted with. You know what I mean? I I think I know what you mean. It's like when you okay, so when you go back home to Michigan, there's like certain places that you're more emotionally connected to than others, right? Yeah, yeah. I, this is that. <laughs> okay but it doesn't mean anything at this moment to well, anybody <laughs> no okay <sighs> jesus okay so 
Now, it is said that when Heidi became one with Tara, the purest part of her was locked away in 13 different orbs scattered all over the known world. Dragon Ball Z. Since this is the stuff of legend and myth, stories about the potential power and beauty of the orbs have been told all over. All over where? This means nothing. I'll get there. All over Cartoon Network on Toonami during the Dragon Ball Z sagas. Mm -hmm. Um, But but like nobody really, just like Pyro, you know, and the planet and everything, nobody really knows if these orbs exist or not. It's just like there's got to be some fragments some some evidence that like she existed, so people are just like, oh, these orbs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So now this is like like I'm gonna recap, right? So Pyro made a terrible world and it failed, and then he blew it up. Mm-hmm. She didn't make a world, found one, blew herself up. Blew. <laughs> I mean, really, that is. I'm only half joking because that's that's pretty much what she did. It's yeah. like, she, I guess in my mind it was like a lot more peaceful than an explosion. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just like a, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so she, she forgot about the, the horn of balance and everything like that and just kind of became one with the planet. Um, and then the composer was kind of MIA during this whole thing, right? Because because she was like, All right, you guys figure it out. I'm out. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we reach a new portion of the. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on from Heidi's planet altogether. No, no, we're still on the planet. Oh, okay, good. So now we're we're <laughs> we're basically going away from uh, the myth and legend portion of it to like actual recorded history. Oh, okay, groovy. I like it. It's going to get more specific. I got a map. I also it also kind of makes me like what what if in uh, you know Harry Potter the Goblet of Fire the competing wizards in the Triwizard Cup. <laughs> Just all went their separate ways and eventually forgot about the Triwizard Cup. <laughs> they all just went and, and found their separate corners and got yeah. preoccupied. And Well, then Cedric Diggory would probably still be alive. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So maybe it would be a better story if you're a Cedric Diggory fan. Yeah, and who isn't? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, like I said, this brings us out of the, the whole mythical fairy tale thing. Uh, and into like uh, recorded history of Terra, okay. Mm-hmm. And I have a map. Uh, it, the, 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 I, I'm sorry, but this little like, what what is that? It looks like a stomach. <laughs> it looks like a giant claw with some <laughs> islands at the bottom. I wrote it in the in the thing. Okay, it's a map. Okay, got it. So um, I I want to take I want to take some time because uh, we should reflect on the. Uh, you know the the creation myths so far that I've created. I mean, I thought they were I thought they were both pretty good. <laughs> what, what you want notes? <laughs> no, I just I I want to just reflect on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are so now uh, you have decided these are creation myths, not not to be considered the main stories themselves with uh, too much saturated detail, um, and and <laughs> lump them into the category of uh, myths for for this world. But we haven't met the people whose myths they belong to. No. Okay. Well, because because we're correct me if I'm wrong, but but you're doing the same thing with Game of Thrones, right? Well, the people whose uh, myths concern you know the children of the of the forest mm-hmm. and uh, giants and the Fisher Queens already exist. We haven't met any of the protagonists in a game uh, the uh, you know the series, but we have met 
the civilizations that have recorded history and myths. Yeah. And we're about to meet mine. I, on episode three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine, <laughs> man. Maybe I was getting a little no, bit. No, I'm excited. I, I was, you know, I, that's, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't complain because this is what I've been begging for for, uh, you know, about. Yeah. And I finally decided <laughs> to give it to you and you're just giving me shit for it. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, and, and then um, we have uh, Pyro. Mm-hmm. Uh, obliterated in a planetary explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Heidi, uh, who became one with the planet that she set up shop on. Mm-hmm. And then we have the composer, who's still listening to the music of the astrophonograph, mm-hmm. um, who hasn't chimed in on anything yet. But we still have this lingering idea that the whatever music she's listening to on the record player... Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever that music stops, if Heidi and As- uh, Heidi and uh, Pyro haven't found the horn of balance yet, mm-hmm. then the, the world ends. The universe ends. Yeah. So so far, it's not looking good because one of them blew himself up, and then the other one doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. But now that we have this map, I can't wait to get started. Okay. So uh, all all of Terra exists as one giant continent surrounded on all sides by water. Right, it kind of looks like a giant claw uh, mm-hmm. with some islands at the bottom. Okay, kidney. It's pointed. It's rounded. It looks like a, it looks like a, uh, a teardrop blowing in the wind. <laughs> okay, so at the top, basically, um, uh, this this it, it's kind of like there's different different geographic and temperate regions kind of like you'd find on earth the only the the only difference between this is that the 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 coldest like on earth the coldest is the north pole and antarctica uh the coldest portion of this is in the middle interesting so there's not two poles i mean there are two poles but the, but it's they're they're warm mm-hmm. and this the middle's cold okay so at the topmost of this this uh, continent called we'll just call it Terra from now on. It doesn't have like a a name because I guess if there's only one, you don't need to. Yeah, I mean, I think you named it Terra. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, anyway. So but at the Terra, top, but but also to be fair, that the Terra is also the name of the planet. Right, but that's what I, that's what I'm trying to get at is like it w- you wouldn't have seven different continent continents on Earth. Like I, I'm putting forward the idea that if all of Earth was one supercontinent. The mm-hmm. supercontinent would be called Earth. Yeah, but in this case, you're saying there's no boundaries. There's no. There's no. There's no other uh, land masses. No. There's there's the land as mm-hmm. one piece, and then the surrounding water. Mm-hmm. So it's just there's land and there's water, mm-hmm. and it's all Terra. Mm-hmm. So the continent of Terra mm-hmm. is really what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Great, cool. So at the top, uh, we have something called the lava fields, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's this is a region of increased uh, kind of geologic activity, okay. Um, and it's volcanoes. It, yeah, volcanoes. How many? Um, I don't know. There's question marks on top of uh, the because because it's not it's it's really difficult territory to like go to, mm-hmm. uh, and there's really nobody that lives up there, um, so they've never been fully fully scouted. But there's a lot. There's a lot of volcanoes. Gotcha. More than fourteen. Why 14? Oh, I see. Yeah, it's definitely more than 14. Okay, great. Yeah, hundreds. 
thousands of volcanoes. Okay. All right. And um, it's rumored that around one of these volcanoes is the very pool that life got breathed into by Heidi. But it's just a rumor. It's just, you know, because sulfur puddles you'd find in like like a region of high volcanic activity. All right. So it's just rumored that that's where this whole thing started. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Okay. Um, so directly south of that... Wait, would that still work as south? Yeah, it would, it would be south. Directly south of that is something called the Singing Jungle. Cool. Okay. Um, and this is just like lush and green and rainy and, and it has like a lot of uh, wildlife and stuff like that. Okay. South of the Singing Jungle is something called the Forgotten Sands. Huh? Groovy. Maybe that's where the forgotten caves are. Hills. Hills. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten caves are, you can't have a cave without a hill. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Um, then this is the kind of the middle of the, the continent. Um, this is where the frozen peaks are. It's just like, like really intense mountains with cold and wind. And ice. All right. Cool. And, and do these... These uh, frozen peaks, mm-hmm. they divide the land? Yeah. I mean, not fully. It's passable, but you just need to you know, be careful. Bring some extra supplies when you go through. Gotcha. I know what you're trying to do. What you're am I trying, trying to do? To, what are you, you're trying to basically say that my frozen peaks is the wall. It's a little like that. I mean, I, it just, it just, it's a boundary. There's boundaries. That's, top, that's just like something well, that happens. Everything in has land. boundaries. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, hey, what I'm, does George R. Martin uh, have like a patent on cold? <laughs> in I, an icy, treacherous, dividing landmass. Yeah, got it. <laughs> oh man. I, okay. So, are you are you done? With yeah, the, man. With, okay. The uh, south of the frozen peaks that are in no way a wall um, is something called the Forest Gulch. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really, uh, just like a forest, but it's 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 not a jungle, okay? <laughs> okay. It's like a temperate forest. All right. And it's not the deep forest <laughs> from Game of Thrones. I'll, I'll, I'm not, I'm not going to insinuate that you're borrowing anything at all. Just I'm just working on geography, man. Tell, tell me what else is going on. Okay, so south south of the Forest Gulch is something called the Hydra Sea. Mm-hmm. South of that is Pyrea. And then around Pyrea, there's a series of islands called the, the Red Islands. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, cool. Did, and, but there's the last... <laughs> more, than, more than like the, the different... Uh, temperate zones. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm I'm now realizing that the general shape and curve on this little landmass of yours does look a lot like Westeros. What do you mean? No, I mean right, right down to the to the fact that that little tail there curves off to the right, which would be the east. And I can really picture Essos being over there, and these red islands being kind of like the stepstones. <laughs> You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I have not looked at a map of Westeros. All right. Ever. This looks a very simple <laughs> rendition of of if you if you quickly with one line had to draw <laughs> Westeros. I'm so insulted. 
Oh man, I want you to know that I actually like Googled like what are the most likely. Uh, oh, you motherfucker! If you, if we, no, go ahead. What <laughs> you Googled what for for your continental construction here? Like what? Is, what is the most likely uh, type of environment to have like at the foothills of a giant mountain chain, or like like immediately after like uh, after all that shitting on George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. for looking at maps and and making up his uh, oh. land masses, you went and Googled what the type of types natural of ge- phenomena. All right, it's okay for you. It's not okay for George. I get it. I did. Okay, I will say I did not look at a map though. That's the that's the big difference. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe I prejudged the guy. I think that's big of you to admit. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, okay. So any questions about the geographical layout? I think you, I think you got, <laughs> no, it. I got okay, it. Okay, cool. Um, so there's, there's not like a general consensus of what kind of life do we have? These other people, <laughs> people and creatures of all kinds. So magical, some not. I all thought right, that was clear. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you got a mixed bag of everything. And they, they, yeah, they go and habitate this big, this big thing. So we, yeah. we just, we, yeah. Okay. I'm excited. All right. So now, so now we're getting into like, um, um, the kind of the path that people took to kind of settling this place. Uh, so no one really knows for sure, like where people started from. Uh, like I said, some people think that it, they came from the, the lava fields, um, or like evolved from the lava field. Some people think that they came from like the forest. Some people think it's from the jungle, but like nobody really knows where where they came from and where uh, they first settled. Okay, but they're Mike, pretty much distributed. Can, you, can we just name your your areas again? Yeah, sure. The lava fields, the singing jungle, the forgotten sands, the forest gulch, the Hydra Sea, the Red Islands, the forest, the frozen peaks. How many fingers am I holding up? Seven. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. You got seven kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> They're not kingdoms. <laughs> They're seven areas. Do you think George R. 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 He, do you think he picked the number seven for random out of just like thin air? I don't think that he did. I think he did uh, so knowingly and purposefully. Okay, well, I did pick it up <laughs> at random, okay? <laughs> it's like it's like you know how some people say that the power like the number 3 has magical magical powers? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the number 7's like that too. <laughs> Again, I made this argument toward you <laughs> like two episodes ago. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what's important to realize is that uh, the whole Heidi and Pyro stories or myths, as they might be, mm-hmm. um, actually had consequences on this world, right? Oh, wow. Because because if there's stories that they're telling, like, like people are telling amongst themselves, then, like, obviously, they're of consequence. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm really... I'm, I'm thrown off by the seventh thing. Mm-hmm. Do you want to change it? It's your, it's your fiction. You could just add a region real quick or take one away. Maybe don't count the wall. There's, the mount, the mountains are pretty important because without the mountains, we wouldn't have the deserts. Okay. Well, then you got seven. Okay. Well, maybe they'll discover another one for the next next time we're mm-hmm. back here. Um, so, yeah, maybe next time it'll be nine. <laughs> 
Okay. So basically, uh, uh, just to kind of ground you, the, the way that I'm going to start describing these events, uh, you know how like there's like AC or AD and BC and AC and uh, <laughs> yeah. BC? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, cool. So I'm going to ground this timeline uh, as when, when Heidi uh, kind of became one with the planet, <laughs> I'm calling that the fusion event. Okay. So this is like... Uh. <laughs> well, that was BF? That, the myths were kind of BF. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> what we're talking about now is from like zero to ten thousand AF mm. after fusion. Wow, that's a big that's a big lump. It's pretty much 10, all ten thousand years. The whole thing. Yeah, because it like it, it covers like after fusion. Remember, I talked about like evolution and like all the different species and like mm-hmm. that. That was part of it, right? Yeah. Cool. So I want to talk about uh, the frozen peaks. First, because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about these uh, places. Um, I I really just want to get through two today. Oh wow, that's you. So this is gonna take a while. We're gonna take a deep dive into these. Yeah, we're gonna regions. take a little bit of a deep dive okay. into these regions. Okay. Um. So in the frozen peaks, uh, you kind of have like very few people that live there because it's really cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And there's not a lot of resources. Uh. The terrain is really mountainous. Um, and it, it, it takes like a good amount of skill to live there. So the people that live there are like very, uh, good at, at, uh, using the environment to like survive. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're very resourceful, um, very tough people. Oh, wow. That live there. Treacherous territory. Yeah. Is there a name for these people? Um, let me just keep going. Okay. (laughs) I know what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> so the majority uh, uh, of people that live here are like monks, right? And they're basically devoted to the church of the composer. These people are like, um, they believe in the, the, they believe that the composer is like the, the, the ultimate God. And that like the whole Heidi and Pyro thing are like good stories and like good morals, I guess, on what not, you know, like, don't be evil or whatever because mm-hmm. end, end up being your destruction. Um, but they they consider those as kind of like just stories. So like they're ultimate. They're just going right to the source and praying right to the right to the source. Um, All right, they're bypassing these secondary beings and praying straight to the composer. Yeah, they because they think it's just like a distraction or right. like like a kind of. Uh, um, they, they're basically not even sure that those... They're, they're sure the composer exists, but they're not sure if, if the, the other two existed, and they think it's just kind of like... Uh, uh, if they did exist because it's been so long and the story's been told so many different times, like, different people have, like, warped the story, so they'd rather not try to dig, dig through it and find out what's true or what's not, just go right to the source. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, they pray all the time in like a series of chants uh and they have like a yeah all right yeah Yeah. because it because the sound of the universe the sound of the universe and like the sound of the the uh composer and everything like that like that's Mm -hmm. their right so that's that's their their kind of thing and then they also um because of the composer creating the horn of balance and like what that stood for in their minds uh their primary uh type of music that they like most is jazz (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's jazz in this world. Yeah, but it, I now mean, we know. But it's like to me telling you this story. The simplest way to describe it is like it's jazz because you and I know what earth jazz is. Um, but like we don't know, you know, like this. It's like jazz, but it's like their version of jazz. I imagine that George R. R. Martin um, got to that point and said, "Well." We, it's like something equivalent to what we have here on Earth in the real world. And then he got to the point where he was like, but we don't know quite what it is. And he said to himself, well, I'll define it. <laughs> Why don't I go out of my way <laughs> to actually describe the equivalent of that in this world in order to complete my fiction? <laughs> well, James, I, I, I believe that, that, like, that you, you got to let people think for themselves. <laughs> You know what I mean? You can't just yeah. you can't just spoon feed them every every little thing. No, like no matter how many times you want to like bring up incest and just like <laughs> shove it down people's throats over and over and over again, like at some point, just let them fill in their own blanks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so far, we don't have a name for these people. Correct. And oh yeah, we do. Oh. They're called the frozen people. Oh great. <laughs> <laughs> written in the margins yeah <laughs> perfect okay so they're the frozen people and they're called the frozen people because like they're they're obviously they don't call themselves that they're just like they call themselves uh the servants basically uh but they're called the frozen people because for by everyone else where they're just like yeah there's the weird frozen people that like to be cold and like live in the mountains like it doesn't really all right and uh, this belief system they have mm-hmm. where they pray directly to the source, which is the composer, instead of bothering to, you know, worship the other two mm-hmm. uh, mythical deities. Mm-hmm. Is there a name for that religion? No. <laughs> All right. Just want to make sure that. No, because you, in my <laughs> mind. They're forgotten details. No, it's not. The it, lost details. It's this. Yeah, it's not a lost detail. It's a it's a it's an active purposeful choice. All right, because for me, it's like the reason you would name a religion something is because you're trying to like sell it to other people, like pitch it to other people for for them to come in and like join you. Mm-hmm. They kind of just want to be left alone. They don't want to. Okay, so if we come across another group of people that have a religion, they will probably have a name for it. Yeah. Once we get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <clears throat> um. So like I said, they they you know their their primary way of expressing themselves is through like through jazz specifically um, horn jazz <laughs> because of the horn of balance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they 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 hardly ever. Uh, it's, it's interesting because that's that's a carrot for Pyro and Heidi. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that if they were true to the composer, that they would uh, play music of the astral phonograph. Yeah, but that's just a hum, remember? So that's their prayers. Hmm. They, they want something more. All right. Um, and they think that if eventually they tap into to whatever frequency the composer is vibrating on, that they'll, you know, get the horn themselves. Touche. Then change the universe. Touche. Thank you. Um, so they never leave the frozen peaks uh, because... They don't want visitors. They don't want to go out. They think that like the rest of the world is filled with just complicated nonsense and like petty arguments between people, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't really want to deal with that. It like clog it clouds the mind. It clogs up life, and it just shuts them down from from really seeking like a higher truth. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
So the two main settlements that they never leave uh, in the Frozen Peaks, uh, one is called New Jazz City, <laughs> and then the other one is called Ska. <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. You, you really... <laughs> Okay. It's a beautiful canvas, Mike. <laughs> Listen, I don't have the luxury of time to come up with fancy words for things. Okay. Right. Yep. I work with what I've got. Got the city of New Jazz. New Jazz. And the Ska City. Ska City. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and they're, I, I call them cities because they're like, it's like a concentration of, of people. There's not that many people to, to live with, but they're, it's like a loose... Like a loose hierarchical structure, right? Yeah, like not, they a don't li- have, not a literal city. Not a literal. More of a city. metaphor. More of a metaphor <laughs> for just like a loose collection of people and resources and things and <laughs> homes. Yeah, it's a clump. It's a cluster of people. It's a cluster of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, because city a city has like a government, right, and like a hierarchy. This is just kind of like like a commune, really. Mm-hmm. There, there's really no oh wow n- no higher hierarchy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's equal. All right. Except for the person that inevitably finds a horn and they'll probably be not equal. Right. That'd be a pretty big deal. Yeah. In their religion. Mm-hmm. Which, which is really the, the true purpose of life on Terra is for them to like play as many horns as possible and like make different uh, sounds uh, and like, until they basically tap into the frequency. Like that's their whole thing because they don't have a whole lot of information to, to work from. So it's really just trial and error. Okay. Um, and I didn't really think about so they're, this. They're street musicians. They're just like kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't really think about this up until right now, but I'm assuming part of the reason that nobody ever wants to go visit them is because it's probably not a pleasant sound. Just like a oh, weird so cacophony they're, they're not of good. just like. Okay. Well, they're all trying different things. Horns. Right. Different horns. Different. Everybody's playing a horn. There's no other instrument. And, and when you say horn, you mean like a simple horn. It's just like a, like a one. Like a bugle. Yeah, like a solid. No valves. <laughs> no valves, no no different notes. It's just like blow hard or harder. Yeah, but you could do different notes, right? Because like on a bugle, if you purse your lips harder or softer, you can change the, the note. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like that. But there's different sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like alpine horns as well. Um, and they, uh, they're not violent people, um, but like they also don't like to be messed with and they spend most of their time, uh, kind of in the mountains, uh, mining copper and zinc to make brass for, for For horns. horns. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that, that's basically, uh, kind of the, the glossing over for the frozen peaks. All right. Of like, like kind of what they are, what they do, where, where they are. Yeah, it's not really like the wall, is it? No, there's no, there's no horn blowing. Well, there's 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 horn blowing at the wall. It's more of like a, you know, <laughs> a, a, a warning. Yeah, it's an alarm. It's not really a way to find God. <laughs> <laughs> Since you brought up them, <laughs> just playing different horns, I just yeah. imagine like a very like obnoxious <laughs> city of just like. <laughs> And you're right, yeah. Uh, um, uh, it's probably like the yodelers of, uh, what is that, uh, Sweden? Yeah. Or not yodelers. Yeah, yeah, yodelers. Yeah, yodelers. Uh, I mean, if, if there was just like a whole society of, of yodelers in the hills, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, that might sound appealing just on kind of like, ooh, that's, that seems so like a like an interesting culture. But then you get there and it's like, I just imagine it being somewhere between like uh, yodeling and, and, and bagpipes. But if what the yodelers were trying to do is the same thing that a bagpipe does, <laughs> which I guess is kind, kind of, of what yodeling is. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> Man, yodeling and bagpipes, two of the most wonderful sounds you could ever think to combine together. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So can, can we move on from the Frozen Peaks? Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to the Forest Gulch now. That's a jump, right? Or are we starting in the middle, working our way out? Okay, yeah, so we're starting just, in the middle. This is just south of the This is just south of the peaks. mountains. Got it. It, it. like neighbors the mountains um, east to west on the Claw continent. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you what, what what places I'm most interested in in hearing about? Uh huh. I like the singing forest, mm-hmm. and I like the singing vol- jungle. Singing jungle, mm-hmm. yeah. And I like the volcano mm-hmm. region, and and then I'm really interested in the um, that tail at the bottom. The see. red islands. Yeah, what's right above that though? Pyria. Pyria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, so the the forest gulch has a lot more people than the frozen peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, forests are plentiful in animals and all kinds of food sources, and um, the uh, people here are very good carpenters and architects because there's a lot of wood. So they've they've been able to like build uh, more infrastructure than they you know the frozen people in the north. Uh, okay, they're carpenters. Well, not all of them, but like they have skill. That's like one of their skills. They're very good with working wood mm-hmm. and building things. So, and you said that the 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 people in the four no the uh, frozen peaks, mm-hmm. um, they don't really they have congregations more than they have cities. They have to like two two large settlements. Gotcha. Uh, and it, but then these uh, forest gulch people, yeah. uh, I'm guessing, have more what look like homes or cabins or settlements that have buildings. We'll get there. Let's get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, So, like, because of the mild environment and, you know, richness of the land, the people of the Forest Gulch, uh, they have much more impressive, uh, um, like, if you were going to visit the Frozen Peaks and the the forest, you would be way more impressed with the forest. Uh, They lived in huts that were really high in the trees uh, with kind of like a massive network of walkways and common areas connecting the different levels of the massive forest city. All right. The city's name. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Is Greenleaf. Oh, wow. You thought it was going to be a music name, didn't you? No. I would hope that the singing jungle has a music name. We're not in the singing jungle. We're in the temperate really, that's forest the, right now. Number one on my list is singing jungle. That's the one I want to visit. Okay. Well, you're gonna have to wait. All right. So we're we're in the green leaf. We're in green leaf cafe. Um, and the green, <laughs> the uh, green leaf is the uh, only settlement in this area. There's a lot more people, but green leaf is the only settlement in this area. Uh, because the forest is extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. which is why they've had to build the huts and stuff in the trees. There's like a bunch of crazy animals and like wildlife running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very dangerous. Um, so they, it's like it's like the idea that like if Cra- we all band, crazy, yeah, okay. if we all band together, mm-hmm. we're safer. 
than like if we have like a bunch of random settlements oh. here and there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Is that making clear? Yeah. Uh, what kind of animals are they afraid of? Um, well, there's there's all kinds. Uh, there's like your typical like there's bears, um, and then there's there's like uh, like panthers, jaguars, things like that. But then there's also like crazier animals. Like uh, some people say that they've seen this this half uh, uh, bull, half human person with like mythical powers and stuff like that that uh but but it's it's kind of weird too because it's like nobody has nobody has seen it it's like a myth yeah forest bull Uh forest bull uh but nobody nobody that's actually encountered the forest bull has survived so it's like is it a story or is it yeah well it sounds dangerous if no one who's seen it has survived it's pretty dangerous Mm -hmm. it's dangerous enough to that that these people are like yo we're gonna live in the trees and like nobody's arguing about it yeah, um, you had me at Forest Bowl. I, I, I get it. Now I'm scared. Okay. Um, so there's also like unknown portions of this forest, right? Because like they, they go down to the ground to scavenge for food and stuff like that. But they do it in numbers and they do it in very uh, organized ways uh, so that people don't die. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, these people are called the bark people. Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, so we got the bark people. What were the what were the frozen people? The frozen people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> okay, great. Frozen people, bark people. I'm with you. Okay. Um. So, like I said, they they basically uh they have a, like a system. Like you know you know when you watch movies or you hear about people that are like bush like bush trackers, that are like really good at like tracking uh, oh, prey. Yeah, yep. And very skilled. Uh, that's kind of what these people are like. Uh, and and it takes years and years to even be allowed to like step foot on the ground. Um, because if you do it prematurely, you're dead. Cool. Um, okay. So, like I said, there's powerful magic uh, uh, in the forest. Um, we talked about the forest bull. Um and the thing that I didn't mention about the forest bull is it's it's rumored it's rumored that the number one like thing that it does is when you come face to face with it. Uh-huh. What it I I I it's I can't wait to just. <laughs> I mean, I could have sworn you pulled bull forest bull out of your ass, and you might it might still be that that's the case. But now you're going to tell me that you forgot to mention. The, the most common thing that Forest Bull does, which is what? <laughs> I didn't say most common. I said there's stories about how it kills you. Okay, yeah, the, mo- the most well, common I mean, I way that it kills story, you. Yeah, I didn't say stories about how it kills you, but that's what I meant to say. Uh-huh. Is, uh, the, 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 the rumor is that it drives people mad, and then they headbang until their necks snap. I, <laughs> <laughs> they headbang? So, there is a, so it's a musical element. Are, so, I don't see you reading that off of the paper at all. Where is it? Forest Bowl. Show um, me. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. I don't even want to know. I don't want to ruin it's this. It's right here. For, for its power to turn people mad and headbang until their next snap. <laughs> Where does it say Forest Bowl? Where's the bull thing? <laughs> no, the, the bull thing isn't... I didn't write bull on the paper, but in my mind, it was like a, like a, like a minotaur type thing. Oh, wow. You called it a forest bull in an attempt to make fun of me yeah, for but it. The, but, okay. 
All right. So, there, so there's specific creatures. I thought for sure you hadn't, you didn't come up with any, and that you were BSing me about this half bull person. Mm-hmm. But now we find out that this bull man yeah. creature uh, is is kind of like a Medusa that yes. turns into stone with her gaze. But th- this guy, yeah. Makes you headbang yeah. <laughs> until your neck breaks. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, Scary. <laughs> and I, yeah, I know. Right. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. It like it's like primal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to know that like I get why you called it a forest bull because uh, you were trying to just like simplify it, and that's fine. I want you to know that that doesn't hurt my feelings. All right. What is it called? It's a minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. <clears throat> Oh, you mean like what is it called in the in the? Yeah, what did you call it? Minotaur is, is the closest thing we have to it in our mythology. Yeah, I kind of left. I stopped there. <laughs> in my head, I was like, "Oh, I, I'm giving I'm giving you forest bowl." Yeah, I'll keep working on it. Okay. <clears throat> um, so the other, so besides headbanging until their next snap, the other like piece of mythology that is, uh, um, that surrounds this beast is. That they people say that the reason it's so violent is because it's guarding one of the thirteen orbs from Heidi. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But like nobody's ever gotten past the beast with an unsnapped neck, so like there's no, there's no confirmation of that that mm-hmm. rumor. Um. So the other main thing is like this, Greenleaf doesn't really have like a religion, uh, because. Life is pretty decent apart from, like, you know, the forest bull and everything like that. Uh, people kind of come from all over the place. Um, and there's even, like, a few people that have decided that they're done being the frozen people. And they've, like, come down um, and just kind of uh, come to the realization that, that oh, man, I've devoted my life to this whole thing. And, like, I don't want to be here anymore. So I'm just going to, like, go somewhere where it's nicer. All right. So they moved down there. So because there's so many different kinds of people from so many different areas of the continent, there's not like one firm belief system. Uh, and people don't really care. They just kind of are like, whatever, you do you, we'll do us. Just don't go on the ground. All right. And, but so the bark people are, they don't, they have these like kind of folklore stories about mm-hmm. the, the forest bull. It's kind of like an urban legend or whatever. Yeah. Without the urban because it's in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> A legend, yeah. Um, so and but they don't have they don't subscribe to a particular religion, they just kind of there's these stories, stories are stories, they're not spiritual or right. related to a, a belief system, yeah. Got it's it. more of just like, like don't go in the forest because you'll die, yep. Uh, and bark people, I will mention, is is uh, it's just like the people that live in Greenleaf, so like it's not a specific kind of people, like if you move there, then you're a bark person. Isn't it though? Isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean? It was so, so you're saying if you move there, mm-hmm. if you move there, you're a bark person. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So all you have to do is live there in order to be considered a bark person. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's there's it, a bunch of different types of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some of them might have come from the frozen people of the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like like it's just the name of the 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 dwellers in mm-hmm. that area. Um. And uh. Uh. There's as long as you're kind of like minding your own business and not bothering anybody, then nobody will really bother you. Um, and over there's there are like currently three, I guess not currently in the past, um, three families kind of started this. Uh, they came from from down south and they just like <laughs> built a hut. Well, one of the families immediately got got killed. 
uh, which spurred the other two families to be like, maybe we should take this off the ground and into the trees. Three families came from south. All yeah. three came from the south? Yeah. They were like friends, like family friends. And they're the original, the founders of the bark Greenleaf. people. Yeah. Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. What, and do these families have names? For distinguishing characteristics or aside from the one family that got killed immediately and is pretty much the <laughs> reason why everyone stays off the ground. Um, no, All I right. mean, they, they, they do, but like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, <laughs> not get, for our purposes, not for, our, I don't want to get bogged down in the weeds. Too right. Much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, if you had to name them, <laughs> what would you call them? If I had to name them, I think I would name, uh, the one family that got killed, uh, I would probably name, um, them the careless family. All right. And then I would name one of the other families, um, the Maple family. And then, uh, obviously, the other family would be the Douglas hyphen furs. <laughs> oh, okay. So, tree types, yep. <laughs> Except for the careless. The, care- the careless weren't named after trees, they were named after their fate. Yeah. Well, they were named before their fate. It just was <laughs> ironic that, you know. Their name is a, is a it was an ominous name for them to have yeah. all along. I think a lot of the time, like the your lot in life ends up being like what you're labeled as. Yeah, maybe 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 the reason that careless means what it does is because of how they ended, and that was their name, and we repurpose their name mm-hmm. to mean something that is part of their fate. Yeah, that's not not. Good. not mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and then at the bottom of this, I uh, keep in mind that this is just me setting the you know the the locations in, in place. Uh, and I wrote to be continued. Oh wow! So ju- oh, just for the bark people to be continued. We're, we'll learn more about them later. But yeah, you have you have yeah. more about the other. I'm just regions. I'm just describing the uh, um, the uh, different locations. Okay. So the last one that I want to cover today is called the Red Islands. Oh wow! And I'm I, actually we're gonna get to this. We're gonna get to the Red Islands. Great, uh, because I felt like you thought that I just ripped off George R. R. Martin, and I'm gonna tell you that this is very uh, different. I'm uh, prove it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, the Red Islands are at the bottom of the claw. Uh, it's basically like a lawless place where people tend to go if. They like if they screwed up all over all over the world and they need to get away, they just go there. So it's like it's like um, Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like Australia or it's like uh, like what the Bahamas were uh, in the 1800s for pirates. I didn't know that about the Bahamas. Oh, OK. They were. So they there's no governing system, no real hierarchical structure. It's just kind of high, wow hierarchical <laughs> yeah, structure. I was going to comment on you should have <laughs> on the slur. There's no hierarchical structure. Um, there's no. They have no structure to their society. Is what you're saying? No, because because they're all like basically uh, outlaws. Outlaws. It's it's like of of what law they are outside of. We have yet to know of any laws. Just pick one. You know what I mean? I have no nothing on the on the uh, marquee to choose from. Okay, so uh, in the frozen peaks, it's like don't have strangers come over. 
and like this one oh. one of the people that's a law yeah wow that would not fly with the red islanders no so like <laughs> someone that presumably invited strangers over would be like a, a societal outcast and he would have to run away to the red islands you get what i mean mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of thing um uh and then i said it, 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 so it, it i mean they would probably go on the ground right away if they got to the green leaf yeah well, rule breakers but then they would die um and I wrote, like, it's basically like a king of the mountain situation. You know what I mean? So it's just like everything kind of operates on a, on a basis of respect, but but nobody every nobody really trusts anybody. Um, and the there's four small, small islands, and then there's one bigger main island uh, that I've shown you on the map here. I can flip back to it in case you need some reference. See what I mean? Four mm. small, one big. Oh, yeah. Um, but then there's also, uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of like smaller islands in between that are kind of uncharted. And basically, uh, if you went down there and you were like, I don't want people to bother me, you would find an uninhabited island and then it becomes James Island. You know what I mean? So you name it after you, it's your island. Nobody can come there and you kind of claim it as your property. All right. Do you know what I mean? You look, you look at me. There's a bunch of little islands like this. Yeah. There's like thousands of islands in between the, the okay. four smaller big ones and then the one big, big so one. So it's just kind of it's kind of like a deserted island, me in a single palm tree situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not that small, but they're like... It's like an archipelago. Do you know an archipelago? Yeah. Okay. It's like that. Well, you didn't call it the Red Archipelagos. Well, it's the Red Islands. All right. <laughs> so it's you like... Know, we know what these guys sound like. Morturians. Okay. <laughs> the Iron Islanders. No, yeah, so, no, they sound like the Morturians. But honestly. this is the this is the interesting part about it, because some people are like, you know how there's always the argument of of well, are people born evil and chaotic, or is it like learned behavior? Well, are the people in this world somehow more intrinsically connected to Pyro, and that's why they feel the need to be outlaws and violent and chaotic, and then they ended up like self-isolating themselves on these islands or is it just chance mm-hmm. see this is the true genius of this work james it's all interconnected interwoven yeah, we're really getting to the to the true genius of it now <laughs> it's all thematically linked and relevant yeah. um and uh it's like you were reading my mind because i wrote here they're generally aligned with pyro and believe his essence of chaos but they often twist up or make random wisdom drops <laughs> to excuse their violence. So Wis- wisdom drops. <laughs> wisdom drops. <laughs> yeah. Do tell. Uh so it's like it's like they they aren't religious in the sense of like follow following pyro or anything like that. Uh but then they're like, well he w- was the god of chaos and and just like random anger and stuff like that. People think that we're chaotic and anger and stuff like that so that so as people labeled them something they're like well we might as well live live up to it so then they kind of adopted pyro as like a like a mascot and uh they excuse their behavior like whenever they go to shore and like raid small villages and towns and stuff like that they'll excuse it and be like well pyro said in this wisdom drop that uh everyone should be able to take bread from the bread basket and set the village on fire afterwards so they're like oh well we're doing we're just doing god's work but they're making it up as they go along wisdom drops is what they call 
idioms or proverbs. Yeah, more like like it would be like the commandments, like the Ten Commandments. Okay, that's what <laughs> wisdom drops. But it, I mean, does it, it is there a legend that like those words came down in drops of of wisdom with the rain or anything, or is it just like you you are saying like it's a little uh, mic drop of w- wisdom? Yeah. So the legend is that when when uh, Morteria blew up. Uh, it didn't like disintegrate, but it just sent like hundreds of thousands of meteors, chunks of the planet flying all over the place. And those landed on Earth. Terra? Terra. <laughs> <laughs> those landed on, on... I'm just trying to keep it simple for you to keep up. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like all these, different, all these different names are really trippy. Earth is up. a metaphor for Terra. Got it. Yes. Uh, and they landed on Terra uh, and, and were like imbibed with this kind of like essence of of the old words <laughs> in well, words in these little more fragments like, more like emotions and feelings that people translate it in the words oh wow to communicate them between okay themselves you know what i mean yeah that's poetic are you mocking me no i'm telling you that it's poetic okay so kind of like how the frozen people express themselves through like a and then I can't do the horn. I can't do the trumpet. Me neither. Did you hear me earlier trying to do the horn? I thought that was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, their their like battle cry and kind of kind of uh, signature thing is just like guttural and angry screams set to off-putting dissonant sounds. Hmm. Right? Because they were like, "Well, what did the what did Morteria sound like right before it blew up?" It was probably like chaos and screaming and and guttural sounds. Oh, so they're trying to imitate that to like strike fear into into villages that they raid. They they're trying to capture the feeling of of the moments before <laughs> being faced with with a, a planet exploding, mm-hmm. like an end of world uh, apocalyptic explosion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what would that what would that sound like <laughs> if you knew for sure that that was what <laughs> was rushing your way? Um. Okay, I I think it would kind of sound like this. <laughs> but that's just you know my loose interpretation of it. Obviously, there was no recording equipment back then, so we don't right. really know what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, we all, all we could all we have is our, our empathy to put it, ourselves in the shoes of somebody on a planet exploding, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, and I, I want to also mention that it's not that they're not trying to invoke that feeling for themselves. They're trying to invoke that feeling of doom and apocalyptic destruction towards the people that they're raiding. Oh, it's a battle cry. That's what I said. Look, man, my mind is racing <laughs> all the time when I'm listening to you. I'm <laughs> just trying to put the pieces together. Yes, it's a battle I cry. I miss battle cry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, you said that, that, that it was like the frozen people who like try to emulate the sounds of of the um horn or mm-hmm. i guess that was my 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 fault because uh, i didn't mean to say that like that's how they're trying to get in touch with the god it's just something that they yeah. do that you could kind of draw an analogy mm-hmm. to with the it, it, yeah it, it's something, something that they, that they as a race of people do mm-hmm. that's kind of like the frozen people do when they're humming mm-hmm. got it okay and um they also have like a weird like a legend to their uh area and they so we have the, the the you know the small islands and the big the one big island and then off of the coast of the big island is like a big volcano um that nobody really goes near cuz it's kind of creepy and eerie and it's kind of always surrounded by fog 
But their their main legend uh, surrounding that volcano is that that was one that was a place where like a bigger like a big chunk of Mortaria fell down and like kickstarted this volcano, um, and they don't they don't really go there because it's, it's like somber, right? Like it's creepy, it's weird, it's it's like it's really hard to get there because there's a bunch of jagged rocks all around the mm. the volcano, like crazy crashing waves. And like, you know, it takes like a lot of skill to navigate through that. And if you go in, you probably won't be able to come out. So I like that, to be totally honest. What, the rest of this wasn't totally honest? No. I'm t- I- <laughs> <laughs> Doing what, what we call humoring. <laughs> <laughs> No, sincerely, I, I like that. I'll, 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 I'll put a pin in that because I want to come back to this idea okay. of bits of Morteria falling on yeah. the so right ac- islands. Actually, uh, that that covers the the three places that I wanted to establish today. Okay, uh, and uh, so we can t- we can talk about that more um, and and kind of unpack the the genius that you just. I told you it would all come together. Yeah, let's yeah, let's unpack it. Uh, so, I I like this idea of the uh, Red Islanders. What are they, do they have a name? Red Islanders. Yeah. Uh, so the, so they have their islands, um, and 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 the legends of Morteria exploding and and the fragments of wisdom and feeling and spirituality or whatever coming down, and specifically a giant chunk landing in the middle of the waters to create this volcanic island is very cool. That, that to me, is a great thread between the idea of these legends and the more grounded, relatable people um, that uh, we can kind of, you know, e- more easily picture existing mm-hmm. in the real world. Yeah. Um, and the the way that, that then now we can imagine some some of the specifics or the um, amount of time that you took <laughs> with the Mortarians and Pyro being like, oh, wow, you know, that that's like a really, um, those are uh, mythological beings and stories and everything, and we treated them as real, and now it's like, oh, for these people, they're, it's the stuff of legends, but like, you're kind of blurring the line between like, oh, is it real, or is it is it is it just legend, and it's just like a fun explanation for natural formations, or... Um, is is that really what happened? Morteria exploded in, in the Crab Nebula, and some of its uh, bits and pieces made its way to the Milky Way. Yeah, and I told you uh, that I had a plan for this, James. Yeah, I had the plan from the beginning, and I told you it was all going to come together. And now I hope, I hope that you understand why it took me two episodes <laughs> to go into the myth <laughs> and all of those specifics and like the relationships between the people and what they were looking for and how the whole thing came to be. Is because now it's it paints a deeper picture. That's not that's not. I'm mixing metaphors here. <laughs> deep paint. A deep. It's it's a deeper painting of like the belief systems and the relationships of the people that live on Terra. That's great. I I, I want to narrow it down though. It paints that all that for the people who live on the Red Islands, the frozen people and the bark people, bogus. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. The frozen people, no, the frozen <laughs> people are simple, right? They just really want to get to the source, and they just want to like find the find the horn. They believe in the horn, right? Just because it's not a tangible thing. Yeah, I don't know, it, it, but their relationship with like the the mountains or whatever, it's like it, it's a it's a weird stretch. It just feel it feels like 
I mean, the, the idea of the the middle of the continent being the frozen part and not the poles is, uh, you know, I like that idea. It's, it, it makes it different, but still similar to our world. But the people who live up there, I, it, it just, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of um, connection. It just seems a little more arbitrary. Same with the bark people. It's like, <laughs> basically threw three darts at the board and I think you, you nailed it with the, um, the red uh, Islanders. And I, I, in fairness, I haven't. We haven't heard about the rest, but. <laughs> well, I think you should. You should expect four more bullseyes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you pushed the reset button on the rest of it. <laughs> up until the up, up until the Red Islanders, uh, it felt more like <laughs> you radically uh, jumped ship from um, this heavy detail world of Pyro and Morteria. Did a quick wrap up on Heidi. <laughs> Uh, set them both aside, and then uh, started from scratch with uh, what sounds a lot like Westeros, uh, and then you know started building these societies uh, one by one. And by the time you got to the third one, the Red Islanders, you got good at <laughs> designing <laughs> their society to incorporate some kind of relationship with <laughs> the previous story that you bailed out on. <laughs> I don't. Okay, that's whatever. That's like your opinion, man. <laughs> it's not, I didn't I didn't bail out of anything. It, it, any good any good myth ends in destruction. Okay, I can give you I can give you right here Vesuvius and and the Pompeians, mm. right? Atlantis, the Mayans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> those all got destroyed. <laughs> You, you, you don't you don't I don't see you going around to natural history museums and complaining to the curators that that the Mayans bailed out of their story. It just it just seemed like a sharp turn is all. I, I agree. I think eventually and, and like we said, I, we, we had George Martin pull the trigger on uh, the Valyrians um, and, and when we're going to see the rise and fall of the Targaryen dynasty uh, as well. So it's like those things do uh, happen. But you spent a good amount. You spent a full like 75 minute episode on pyro <laughs> and then within about 12 minutes of this episode you got rid of him <laughs> and you only spent about another 12 minutes mm-hmm. on heidi <laughs> before we before we scrapped it and again i i am appreciative of that because now we're getting to i think that these uh you know still obscure societies of, of people um I don't appreciate you calling them obscure. They are obscure, but okay. not necessarily a bad way. Right. But they're still obscure. They don't have, you know, we haven't <laughs> learned anybody's names. Uh, their their religions. It's still this. This to me is kind of like the hero age, right? Age of heroes, where it's like, okay, we have some like general uh, types of people that are out there and kind of giving shape to uh, the world we know today. But it's easier to uh, get on board with that when we have these kind of like tall tale ideas and a race of people that that uh were around for a time mm-hmm. that will probably um you know either either change and solidify into a different shape or mix and mingle or all go away again mm-hmm. but um uh, i i i like that we're at this stage so i don't want to shit on the fact that you got here <laughs> fast forwarded okay. to it i'm just saying can i can i be real for one second <laughs> yeah okay so after my second episode yeah i realized uh that I was I was taking way too long mm-hmm. to get through through it. So mm-hmm. I, so then I I I changed my approach um, from 
telling the story to like telling the story and then summarizing the story. So it became a two-step approach. Yeah, yeah. It don't it don't it really is. I if I'm putting myself in your shoes of like how would I do it any different? And again, I I, I have the privilege of not having to actually do it and just be here criticizing you <laughs> while you uh, kind of go through the learning curve of it. But like yeah, I think I think that it seems it seems like what you have to do is think of a, a grand story and get enough specifics to where if somebody um, you know tried to poke holes in it that you could have some answers, but then you kind of squish that all that into one or two sentences, and that's like okay, cool, I got that, move on. So you just need you need like enough specifics to make it feel yep. real enough, yep. but then summarize it in a way that we do summarize our real world legends. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you. That's not a pleasant process to do. <laughs> like it, it feels horrible on the mind because because you have to keep creating and then and then summarizing and moving yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I and can then imagine. you sit across the table from a guy that keeps insisting on poking holes in your perfect mythology. Doesn't trust where you're going to take it. I, I trust you. <laughs> Speaking of, of where you're going to take it, yeah. Now, now that you have mm-hmm. uh, pushed the fast forward on things, uh, and we left behind our original deities, mm-hmm. we never did we. So, in, in, before I get to my main question here, we had the demigods of the Mortarians. Mm-hmm. Are these are these people on Terra the demigods of of Terra, or are they just they're mortals? They're they're mortals. Okay, they're so we didn't regular. we didn't get like a demigod phase no. out of Heidi's Terra. No. The um, only demigods we had was the the forest bull and like whatever other magical places and or uh, entities exist within this world that got created when she got uh, fused okay. AF after fusion. Mm-hmm. Fused as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So I got one more episode to wrap it up. This is my question. So based basically where it's going now, mm-hmm. um, you, yeah. You, <laughs> You've gone on to, to a new phase. One, one, the Crab Nebula is destroyed. Then you got the Milky Way where we have Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still, you know, maybe we never get to the, the legend or the story. It becomes irrelevant, you know, these uh, lost objectives of gods. Um, but, uh, yeah, where do, you, where do you think we're going to end up <laughs> by the end of our final, the concluding chapter? Well, you know, James, it's difficult to say, uh, especially since we don't have a story that we're going towards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, if I was going to put my finger on the one most complicated thing out of this whole experience, it would be the fact that I'm, uh, uh, building my, building a staircase, uh, to nowhere. (laughs) I would say that's probably the most difficult part is, is how do I, how do I, how do I build a story and have pieces to tell an engaging story that millions and millions of people on earth will love without knowing what that story is? Mm Mm-hmm. So we're not sure. <laughs> I think I, I think I covered it. I think I covered where we're going. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. Here, here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. At the end of this, we're going to have a complex, dynamic world with a few key unresolved questions that will make the listener curious to find the answers to. Which will become the story that we will have been building to the entire time. So you're telling me that our audience by the end of this is going to have a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to leave it with a lot of loose ends. 
that our billion dollar franchise will answer. Oh, I see. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep, that's that's it's the bait. I see. Mm-hmm. So you're saving you're saving the sweet the sweetest meat meat for the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I I'm I'm excited. I w- w- we have three out of uh, seven territories um, that we got to mm-hmm. in the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So that you know we'll have four more to theoretically start with mm-hmm. next time mm-hmm. and um we'll see if any of the other left behind uh, elements come into play but either way i just want to say for what it's worth mm-hmm. that the next episode is the last one so just <laughs> <laughs> be aware of that yeah i mean yeah it does feel like i need to put <laughs> put some more gas on the fire uh, okay. Any other, any other closing uh, thoughts or feelings? No, man. I comments on the covered, I think I covered every everything I wanted to cover. All right. Yeah. Well, until next time.